Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Off of the Couch podcast. Maggie here. My interview today is with Bridley Ann Williams. She's a transformational coach who uses breathwork as a coaching tool. This interview was recorded from a local meetup group. I usually feature fitness and nutrition coaching and transformational stories on my podcast. But I am finding that there are many people who have blocks to transforming their lives that are not because they don't know what to do. And breathwork is an amazing tool for change. Britley's going to explain some of that to us. So here's Britley. Um, Brentley, do you want to just start with your story about how you became a transformational coach? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Austin, Texas. I started real estate at the ripe age of 17 years old. You could get your license at 17. So right at 17, obtained my license, did college, was a realtor for five years, entered the pharmaceutical sales space and did those simultaneously. So I was doing full-time real estate, full-time pharmaceutical pharmaceutical sales, financially independent at the age of 17. And I was uh, really in my hyper-masculine, right? Like I was kind of loving the money that was coming in. I was a really hard worker, but I held myself to a really, really, really high standard, really high expectation. And because of that, I just never felt like I was enough, right? I was chasing, chasing, chasing. That lifestyle led to a lot of chronic disconnect, both in relationships to others and relationships to self. I ended up with a eating disorder um, pretty, pretty severe, right? So just disconnected, chronically looking and externally outsourcing outside of myself in order to find validation, success, and really just in this destination addiction for, you know, the desired home and money and all these things. And when um, COVID hit, there was a reality check that most of us had. And in that season, I remember feeling like, what am I doing? Like, when everything's stripped away and I can't go show homes and I'm not doing my job and I can't go to the gym and all these things that I am finding contentment in and validation in are taken away from me. Who am I? Right. And it was a really serious time for contemplation. And I realized that my eating disorder during the beginning of that time was really heightened because I had nothing to do. I had nothing to control other than perhaps my body, my image, what I put in and out of my mouth. Um, And so I realized I had you know, an issue. And many women do. And I finally was able to admit that to myself and went on this journey to really heal. And it was breathwork. It was um, a breathwork, online breathwork experience that I had. That was the first catalyst, I would say, to me stepping into this space, because it was the first time my mind and body felt like they weren't at war, right? Like they had lowered their weapons. And they're like, oh my gosh, we are on the same team. And it, it clicked. It was like, why am I fighting so hard against my mind and my body? And why am I pushing and pulling internally? And it was really an amazing wake up call for me. And from there, I ended up in a somatic cohort, which we can go into somatic healing. That's what I do. We can talk about what that means. And when I entered that space about halfway through, about six months in, I realized that, you know, I do have these quote unquote um, obstacles and issues that I am not the problem, right? It's my body protecting me. It's my body responding to, to beliefs that I have embedded in it. And so when I really started to 
show myself compassion and curiosity about the body and how it works and how our brain neurologically operates in a habitual motion over and over and over. And I was just feeding it the wrong thing. It became really clear to me that it was time to start shifting it into the right thing. And I ended up leaving uh, my hometown of 16 years, my job of seven years, my relationship, my golden retriever puppy, my house, all of these things. To drive across the country to Denver and a Subaru cross track and everything that would fit to a place that I'd never been with people that I didn't know. And everyone thought that I was crazy, but I, I felt it so in my core and remind, you know, I haven't been connected to my intuition in 25 years. And so the second I got an intuitive hit, I'm like, I'm going to see what it's like to go with it. Ended up in Denver for two beautiful years. It was the most healing, beautiful, amazing time of my life. Met my best friends changed career paths. And then I actually came back to Austin. That's where I've landed back because I feel like God's called me back here, but really long roundabout way of saying, you know, I took myself first. And then once I felt credible and equipped and healed in so many dimensions, I now feel like I'm able to step into the space where I want to help others do the same. And that's, that's all I want in this lifetime is for people to go from that limited way of living into this liberated way of being. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, both. I mean, Austin seems like a place where there are a lot of people with, um, you know, very interesting jobs and people changing their careers and kind of getting more into their, um, you know, what they feel they're meant to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's fast paced city for sure. And, you know, it's easy to get caught up in that in entrepreneurship and and the hustle culture that's really easy to do but i had to step away then yeah. quite the opposite right it's a very nurturing very slow paced space and so for me to be able to get out of that kind of masculine drive and into my more feminine and bring that into this space i think is going to be really beneficial and all the while holding myself right like holding congruence here so that i don't fall into the pattern that i was in for for more years than i was not um, is is what I'm looking forward to, honestly. Yeah, and and uh, tell us about the breath work. I I've um, been doing breath work myself over the last uh, a little over a year, and yeah, it's pretty amazing. What what yeah. uh, what exactly did you practice, and and uh, how did it change your your perspectives breathwork is one of the most powerful healing modalities in my opinion it's beautiful and it's um when we think breathwork right we think well i breathe all day long but the intentional control over the pacing and duration of your breath has so many health benefits and essentially it takes us from this kind of alpha brain state this really hyperactive hyperproductive critical thinking state that we live the majority of our life in and eventually will move us into a beta state, which is a little bit more calm and then all the way into a theta state if we do it for a long enough period of time. A theta state is almost a hypnotic state, right? It's where our subconscious becomes suggestible where we're actually able to access parts of us that we can't otherwise on a day-to-day basis. And what that does for us is it promotes us to be able to take the things and the lies and the limiting beliefs that people have projected upon us or we've collected over the years and stored as truth in our body. And we keep reaffirming on a day-to-day basis, which causes that cyclical, habitual kind of routine that we find ourselves in. And it allows us to shift them. 
It allows us to actually notice them, right? To bring them from the subconscious into the conscious mind. And then from there, from that awareness, we can integrate and start to change them. We change our state, we change our life. We start to feel different. We don't just think different. And so somatic is soma, which means of the body. So it's, it's therapy of the body. It's taking that mindset, right? We have all the information in the world today. So it's taking those mindset shifts we're working so hard on that's actually bringing it into the body of truth because we operate 95% of our lives from the subconscious. And if we don't tap into it, then that means we're only 5% conscious. And we can, we can tell that 5% conscious everything in the world. We can read every Google article, but if that 95% subconscious isn't on board, there's not congruence, then there's competing agreements, right? And we'll kind of live in this state of stuckness or stagnancy. That's, yeah, that's good. Um, so now you're helping other people with that method how does mm -hmm. that look like if what kind of people um come to you i i primarily help women but i'm open to working with men as well i've just been fortunate to have some really really amazing female clients and i operate in a six-month container one-on-one -on -one. so we spend the first three months really bringing into the awareness bringing from the subconscious to the conscious like we talked about these limiting beliefs these lies these stories that become embedded in our body and then from there, we start to integrate, right? Those, those following three months is like, how do we integrate? How do we change our state? How do we regulate our nervous system in a way that we can live feeling fulfilled and calm and abundant and vibrant and all of the things rather than just thinking better thoughts? I always say, I want people to live a life that feels as good as it looks, if not better, right? Um, and so I work, I work on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I'm also launching a group program called Emerge in June, which is an eight-week course. It's 50% off for the beta launch. Beautiful. It's taking all of my knowledge and awareness and all these beautiful things condensed into a really, really beautiful, attainable, digestible cohort where a group of us can walk together in this healing. So I'm very excited about that. I'm very, very excited. Um, and then I lead breath work. So both for corporate, uh, group individual and breath work is a um, you know what we just talked about it's taking you through a transformational experience it's with an intention that we liberate in the body you leave feeling lighter oftentimes we can clear a lot of stagnancy stuckness we can help addiction um, a lot like hypnotherapy we're going to reach that subconscious part of you that underlying needs the root cause of a lot of the things that we operate in that stem from something not being met fully right and acknowledged Oh, nice. Yeah, because I'm kind of in the like the health coaching space and fitness coaching. And, you know, you can give all the information to people mm -hmm. that they need. And mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of people that just don't act on it for whatever reason. Um, you know, they're just, I think, stuck in maybe unhealthy patterns. Is that... Um, so, uh, one of the reasons people come to you like mm -hmm. they're you know you can give them the information oh do this workout or eat mm -hmm. this way and yeah. it just doesn't ever happen you know mm, yeah I, I think you know I always say it's 2080 some people <laughs> would argue I think it's 20 percent mindset 20 percent cognitive behavioral change 80 percent embodiment so yeah. we don't need more information. By the time that we're done with this interview, there will be more information than when we started it, right? The world is not in lack of information. We are not, we need an information diet. So it's about taking in the information, but then learning to integrate it in the body. And a lot of times less is more. A lot of times we're taking on other people's 
you know, strategies, other people's routines, yeah. and we're trying to implement it as our own. We are all individual. We all have a unique fingerprint. And when we don't actually learn what the underlying root cause is, what we need and how we will best operate and meet that thing, then we're just going to be always trying on other people's clothing and it's never going to fit just right. And so that is what I do. I take people in. A lot of my clients have been in cognitive behavioral therapy or traditional therapy for a long time, and they have so much awareness. They have so much awareness as to why they have the attachment style that they do or they operate the way that they do, but they don't know what to do with it, right? It kind of stops. Yeah. What we do is we take that information, we integrate it into the body, we create a new way of being and change, we liberate emotions because essentially our bodies are file cabinets to, right, that store every emotion, lie, limiting belief, thing that we've ever been told by our parents in the body when we don't actually liberate and, and discern whether that's true or not true we just take it as truth and then we begin to operate from that place before we even ask ourselves like well my mom always said money didn't grow on trees so now I just think you know money's really hard to get and I can't obtain it and it's not for me and it's not easy and it's got to be really hard and that's the story that's the seed that was planted and that's the seed that you water and reaffirm and tell yourself over and over and now you're sit, sitting in a cyclical cycle of like well money's really hard and it never comes to me and it doesn't grow on trees and there's a scarcity of it well mm -hmm. is that true Right in a world full of abundance, is that true, or is that something that told you is true, and then you adapted it as truth, and that's the seed that was planting, and that's the one that's bearing fruit, rather than money is in abundance. Money is paper until I give it value. Right? There's there's so many reframes that again we can do in our mind, but when we do it in the body, it becomes truth, it becomes sustainable. Wow. Yeah. So. Um... So people are triggered by different things and how do you help them? Um, like say if I came to you with, um, you know, certain, I've had a bad day, somebody um, in my family, you know, is having a problem and I'm feeling just horrible. How do you help them through like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful question. I'm going to give an example and then I'll kind of go into the process because this happened recently. Um, I, uh, my partner and I, he was picking me up to go to the gym. We had, and he's, he runs late and I'm right on time, girl. I'm always pretty much show up right on the dot. I'm not early, but I'm right on the dot. He tends to show up late and I was ready. I had my bags packed and I was waiting for him to go to the gym. He was five minutes late and then he was seven minutes late. And then I called him and I was angry energy rose up in my chest and I was feeling like you know high like flighty and mad and angry and I said screw you <laughs> for a nicer term I'm taking myself to the gym forget it right and he was like oh my gosh I'm so sorry like the dog ran away and I'm grabbing my <laughs> keys but I'm coming to get you right like I haven't forgotten I've just been in this mayhem and my body responded in such an angry tone I was so mad and I got in the car and I did what I tell my clients to do right which is I just sat took a few deep breaths. I put a hand on my heart and a hand on my belly. And I told him I was doing this and I needed a moment. And I just sat. I didn't let the mind make stories. I didn't let my analytical mind tell me why or justify why he was a jerk and why I wasn't and go into ego, right? And blame him. I was like, what is going on? Because, you know, we're 10 minutes late to the gym, but this reaction is like, he cheated on me and all these things, right? And what happened is when I sat still enough and when I asked myself the right questions and I tuned into my body, I remembered a very specific time and space. I was eight, like six to eight years old and I was in daycare or excuse me, like at a babysitter. Her name was Stacey St. George. 
and in it was in Utah and my mom was always the last to pick me up so all the kids left and I was the last one with my bags waiting 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 now that's not because my mom didn't love me didn't care about me didn't want to be there on time but her shift just got off later than the other parents she got there as quick mm-hmm. as she could but I didn't know that right we didn't communicate that so in my head, I'm like, you don't care about me. You didn't prioritize me. Nobody loves me. Why am I last? Why didn't you choose me? Why don't you respect my time? So at six years old, I, I, I felt this way, right? And nobody was there to meet me, to tell me the truth. Oh, honey, I love you so much. I'm getting there as quick as I can. So I made my own. And when he didn't show up and I had my bag, my five-year-old, six-year-old consciousness came out to respond and react from that. Right. So evolved adult, Brittley, the one that's done years of this work, she's like, okay, he's having a human experience. There are things going on in his life. He's trying to get to me. I'm, you know, getting a little bit flustered, but it's only 10 minutes and I can meet him there and we'll safely go to the gym together. I didn't have that window of tolerance because I hadn't worked that part yet. So the six-year-old came up to respond and react and she was furious. He, He didn't care about me. He didn't value my time. He didn't prioritize me. And so it's when, but what happened the next time he was late, I thought this has nothing to do with me. And that part I get to now reparent and hold and let her know that she's safe, she's loved, it's not true, that he doesn't care. We get to set a boundary, right? And we get to vocalize our human experience. And also that drama isn't attached, that huge charge to that very neutral situation is no longer there because I made awareness to it. I brought awareness to that story that's living in my body. And the next time I go to respond when somebody's running late, I know exactly the part that is getting triggered and I can meet that trigger with love and I can operate from there. But when we fall subconscious, had I not taken the time to become consciously aware of that little part that was second time, that trigger would trigger me forever. Someone runs late and I'm mad every single time, every single time. It's reaffirming. It's watering that seed of nobody cares. No one values my time. Can't count on people. They're not reliable. And so, right. And so we get into the cycle. So it's like, what seed are you planting? The new truth that I planted that day when I had that beautiful trigger that gave me the opportunity to shift it was this is not true. It's not that he doesn't care. He doesn't love me. He's having a human experience separate from my human experience. And I get to hold myself there, get to ground myself back in. And I get to decide if I need to drive myself to the gym, if it's important for me to get there, if I can wait. I all of a sudden I have these choices. It's not just the one angry, mad at him for the rest of the day and a disconnect rupture that goes unresolved and resentment's built. Right? That makes sense. <laughs> it makes a ton of sense. I And I think, you know, the the older you get, if you haven't dealt with these things, the more... Um, like you said, it could go on and on. Like I have mm. a situation at work that's making me mad and it's because I'm triggered by a situation that happened at a different job a number of years ago. And then that was probably actually triggered by something that happened when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Exactly, exactly <laughs> how it works. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It's so interesting. And it's oh so my true. It's, again, it, and it can look in like, so many different things right yeah like my mom not coming to pick me up from daycare doesn't quite look like my boyfriend not picking me up at the gym but do you see the nuances right you see the but similarities. It feel, yeah it feels like it right it feels I, the same yep. yeah exactly and i got right. this 
strong, you know, um, as you say, like the somatic thing, I got this just strong feeling in my chest of, oh no, here we go again, you know, like yeah. it was just like a really disheartening feeling. Oh, here, you know, mm, this job mm -hmm. <laughs> is oh, yeah. going to be terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then I realized I was maybe blowing it out of proportion, but yeah. And I related it back to the previous job, but I hadn't thought about, well, where did that one come from? Why did mm. I feel so bad that time? Like, what, what's the root? So that's yeah. really, really interesting. Yeah. And then we get to that root, right? We get to that reason that you feel that way the very first time, or the one of the first few times that you felt like somebody didn't meet you or respect you in this way, and how that landed so clearly in the body. And now you're yeah. protecting yourself from that every single oh, time. But yeah. if we don't know what this is, we can't fix the protection part. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Very yeah. interesting. Okay. And um, I listened to some of your podcasts and I, uh, when I was getting prepared, <coughs> excuse me, to have mm -hmm. you on today, and you had an, a most amazing episode where you talked about um, dealing with conflict with other mm -hmm. people and in a friendship is, um, that's something that um, you could tell the listeners, yeah. like, that was really impressed me. Yeah, this is one of my favorite topics, because how do we how do we hold our boundary and hold our energy while still have a productive and safe conversation with somebody else, which is so important. Relationships are so important. Clearing the resentment, being able to communicate. You know, um, I work a lot with chakras, so we have different energy centers. The throat chakra is our ability to speak our truth, our ability to form our, our words without doubt and fear and frustration and all of these things. And so when oftentimes when I'm going into a conflict, we'll say with a friend, say that there was a small rupture and I showed up for her and maybe she didn't show up for me. I always advise my clients and people that I talk to to get really still, right? Get really clear before we react and respond. What is it that we can do to sit down, ground ourselves into the moment, and actually feel into the emotion that we're feeling. And that's really foreign for people. We don't want to stop yeah. and become upset because we think anger is bad and sadness is weakness. So we never want to stop and allow ourselves to feel, but that's how we are beautifully and wonderfully made is to be able to feel the full spectrum of emotions. And, and, and guess what? When you feel it, it clears and softens. When you don't feel it, it gets louder and hardened and more disconnected and you close off and, and avoid and abandon. And then it gets bigger and bigger and the resentment grows and grows and grows. So the moment that you can find yourself in an emotional situation or an emotional reaction, the best thing you can do is sit there, right? My feelings are hurt. Can I just name that? Why? Well, I feel like I showed up and she didn't. Beautiful. What did that cause? Well, it caused me to feel like she doesn't care. Beautiful, right? So we start getting curious about this. We don't judge ourselves. We don't criticize ourselves. We don't criticize the other person. We start to become real with what's alive in our human experience. And from there, when we're ready and we've kind of created clarity around the emotion we're feeling the rupture that occurred we can then bring it to that other person right and the way that I like to do that is by taking a lot of radical responsibility I always start with an intention like hey Maggie my intention for this conversation is that you understand where I'm coming from and together you and I can grow and deepen in our relationship I want to make sure that we never have resentment for each other can I share with you something that's on my heart and I realize it's my human experience and you had no intention of hurting me. But if I share this with you, my intention is that we get to grow deeper and stronger in connection. Is that okay? So all of a sudden your de defenses go down because you're like, yeah. oh, she's not coming at me and attacking me. She wants actually to 
clear something. So all of a sudden, even chemically in your brain, your, your guard comes down just a little bit, right? Because you're like, okay, you're leaned in. You're like, well, yeah, tell me what's wrong, what's going on? And then from there, I take that up responsibility. I say, hey, this is my human experience. So again, I know there was no intention, but I want to share with you my experience. We can make sure that it's, it's improved in the future. My experience is that I showed up. I was so excited to see you. I was so ready. I blocked out time in my calendar. And when I got you, you weren't ready for me. And you know, the story that I'm telling myself is that you don't respect my time. Now, again, whether you mean to or not, I just want you to express how that feels. So I'm not in it alone and we can clear this. And then maybe in the future, when I show up on time, let's try to really commit to each other's time because I know it's valuable, right? So first process, we have to process. We have to take the time and space to understand why we are feeling the way that we are. The more that you practice this work, the better you get at saying, ah, this is the emotion I'm feeling and this is why I'm feeling it. If you can't master that right away, that's completely fine, right? We don't do this. This is a foreign practice that we get to start implementing into our life. Once we've taken that information, we can then bring it clearly to the person, right? Starting with the intention. Hey, my intention for this conversation is we grow closer. Radical responsibility. This is my experience and the story that I'm telling myself. And then the third part is like establishing the boundary or a solution, right? So moving forward, now that you know that my human experience is that when I show up to something I really want the commitment of you being there do you think the next time we plan something you can be ready to put the phone down and interact with me so we can get that connection <laughs> time and you and I can be in a healthy relationship thank you so much right so that the closing piece is like what is the actionable item what is the boundary that we get to set healthily together to honor both needs in the relationship which grows us so much closer no, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm gonna to have to replay that a few times. <laughs> uh, yeah, take notes. <laughs> yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah, that's great. I love okay. that question. I wonder if any other guests are interested in asking yeah. you a question. You guys can um, raise your hand, I think, or um, let's see, we just have a few guests. Is anybody you could type in the chat? if you'd like to um, unmute or if you have any questions. I can speak to Didi's procrastination for a moment. Oh, great. <laughs> um, very common to procrastinate. And there's actually two kinds of procrastination. There's the one that's unhealthy, right? And we're avoiding something and we're, we're putting off a big, big task. And then there's also like this divine intelligent procrastination, which is actually telling us that we don't desire to do something. It's actually, it's actually kind of an intentional subconscious way of us actually resenting something that just doesn't feel energetically aligned and it doesn't feel good. And so how do we discern the two, mm. right? Um, procrastination oftentimes is, is us either being out of alignment for something. So we'll start with um, example two. If there is something that you feel, I have a self-awareness procrastination. Yeah, that's beautiful. So if there's something that you are being asked to do or show up in energetically and it just doesn't feel good to your system, your system is going to deter from that thing. And we'll call it procrastination and laziness and all of these things, but it's actually you and your divine intelligence telling you in a really beautiful way and a really wise way that that thing is not for you. It's a redirection, right? And so if we're not really clear and we don't build up that discernment between is this thing for me and I'm just not taking the time to do it and I'm like health, right? Working out, eating healthy, that's something that we all know is good for us and we procrastinate in. 
And oftentimes why we procrastinate in something like health is because there's an underlying need that's not being met and we don't have a really strong motive in why we want to get healthy. If it's to look good and fill a void so others validate you, then that's not very sustainable, right? That's not going to be the kind of um, motivation that we need sustainably to create transformation. But if we understand that it's because we are feeling energetically drained, we don't have time to show up in these areas of our life. We are, you know, maybe it does come with some insecurity or whatever of the reason, but if we really get to that root need, then we're a lot more um, able to shift in identity rather than just shift in habit or shift in mindset. We want to become a healthy person. We want to start to feel vital. We want to start to feel the energy. Um, so there's, there's that, right? Like there's the, the obvious procrastination of not doing something. And usually in that is just about finding out the need and discovering what the obstacle is and why we can't meet it, what we're protecting ourselves from. And then on the other hand, this divine procrastination is something that's energetically draining. It doesn't feel good. It's a job that you show up for every day and you try to stay positive, but it's just, it's toxic and unhealthy and you're tired and you don't want to do it. And then you find yourself in such a habitual cycle because you're frustrated with yourself for not showing up that way and you're calling yourself lazy and all of these things but the truth is you know it's not in alignment and that is something that you have to it's brave right it's deep down in your intuition it's the guy that's telling you a yes or no and if it's a no oftentimes we just don't listen to it because maybe it's our source of revenue or our sense of safety maybe we're the only supplier for our kids and our family and you don't know Brittley what I'm holding and I have to show up for this job or else and I get it and I can see all of those very clearly but sometimes in that season it's like oh is it a no and you know it's the no and you're procrastinating around it or is it a yes and we need to figure out what's blocking you from actually stepping into that next version of yourself and what the things are that you're telling yourself the lies like you don't have time to work out um, it's all genes anyway, or food doesn't matter. Those are stories that you're watering, right? Does that make sense? <laughs> the two buckets. Hi, oh, yeah. You oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Maggie. I'm sorry. No, you go. I was going to say that's exactly what you and I talked about before. <laughs> Correct. That is exactly mm-hmm. what I'm going through now. For me, hi. For me, hi. Um, <laughs> I am going through a draining job right now, and I've been going there. Um, I did get a second job, but it's casual. But as far as the eating healthy thing, I don't make well. Yeah, I do make excuses. I I know I have time. There's mm. there's I have I have thirty minutes. I have five minutes. I have ten minutes. I know mm. I have time. I just don't do it. I don't know it. It could be a little bit because I don't like myself, but I have to make those small baby steps to get to like myself um to get to because I do have health problems I mean I'm, mm-hmm. I'm morbidly obese I'm not just mm-hmm. pounds overweight 10 pounds I mm-hmm. I need um I, I'm tired I mean it is mm-hmm. a toxic job that I'm trying to move forward from no that's why I got my part-time job and but I'm still looking for another job because I need job with health insurance um I am tired of walking a few steps and getting out of breath. I mean, I ate bad yesterday and I was like, why did I do that? I mean, I buy stuff. When I say self-awareness, I buy stuff knowing I shouldn't be eating. That's what I meant mm, by self-awareness. Yeah. I know I shouldn't be doing this. Is it my hatred for myself? Oh, I shouldn't probably say hatred, but I mean, that's what it feels mm. like. But if it is still, I could just make baby steps, you mm. know, to towards my weight loss. 
Um, I've done the journaling. I don't do deep journaling, but I mean, I've, I've, <laughs> I don't know where to go with this, but I, I am just trying. Well, trying is not a word either. I just need to do it. Yeah. Just need to do it. You, first of all, thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing it. And also you are so normal. You're so normal. You are so not alone. There's not, I don't hear anything in there and I'm like shocked, right? so normal your human experience and there's a critic that's very much online and I can hear her at just as you're talking about it right like I know I should do this and I do it anyway it's a hatred what's wrong with me right there's like these stories and um so so normal and so much awareness and what comes up for me is there's just a little lapse in trust for yourself and tell me if this resonates, okay? Don't just like take it on. Like, don't let my words be fact. I want you to listen to my words and I want you to see, does this land? Is this so true? There's been a few times in your life where you've made a promise to yourself or you've set out an intention and goal and you haven't met it, right? And so the truth is you can't do things or you can't complete things or you don't trust yourself completely. Yeah, I'm with you, babe. Thank you for being, I'm here, yeah? You are not alone in this at all. And, um, and the smaller the promises that we can begin to make with ourselves, right? And when we show up for those promises, we're changing the narrative. That lie, that story that we are not equipped, that we're not strong enough, brave enough, disciplined enough to do the thing that we need to do. is a seed that we've planted and love. You do have the option to uproot and replant new seeds. You absolutely do. And it starts with this awareness. It starts with showing up on camera in a group, being vulnerable, owning it, speaking it. That's the bravest, boldest, most vulnerable thing you can do. Oh, I'm just emotionally, mm -hmm. physically, and mentally yeah. tired. Yeah. I'm so tired. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Uh-uh. We don't apologize for crying around here. I you apologize for not crying. Yeah, I love you. You're not alone. You're not alone at all. I'd love to support you too off of, off you. of this Thank as much as you need. Okay. You got it. Gosh, Didi, it's beautiful, right? Because that's it, Maggie. It's like we those are the seats that I'm referring to. Yo. I'm not disciplined. That's a seed that we plant in our body. And we subconsciously water it all the time. Every time we go to do something and then we don't do it. See, I told you I'm not disciplined. See, I know I can't do that. See, or, 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 and the inner critic grows and gets louder and louder and louder. When we bring that from this subconscious into the awareness, we're like, wow, this is something that's true. It's hard, it's heavy. And when she has that reaction, right, where she cries and she feels it up because we just brought it into it, we, we spotlighted it. Yeah. We took that lie out from the comfort of its own little corner in our body and we brought it on the spotlight. It doesn't like that, right? Because there's an emotional reaction. Yeah. That's where the growth occurs. That's where we feel it. That's where we begin to liberate it. Not until we can be vulnerable and bring those things to the forefront do we, are we able to liberate it. And then we say, oh, this is a seed. I want to uproot that seed. I want to plant yeah. a new seed. But I am disciplined. But I can't just plant the seed and expect it to grow. Right? A watermelon doesn't grow overnight. A sequoia tree doesn't grow in a day. So you plant the seed of discipline and you say, I'm just going to make one small promise to myself every day. One that I know I can keep. I'm going to drink water before coffee. That's the promise. 
So you get up and guess what you do? You drink an entire thing of water. You look at the coffee, you want the coffee, but you're like, no, I'm gonna drink this water. You drink the water and then you drink the coffee. You just put, you just watered the seed. Mm. I'm gonna go on a walk anytime today. I have the time, I'm gonna go on a one mile walk. I'm gonna put in my headphones. I'm gonna put my phone down, I'm gonna go on a mile walk. You go on the mile walk, you just watered the seed, right? And yeah. the, new, the new seed that you plant as true starts to build momentum in your body. It starts to take root, it starts to flourish, it starts to bear fruit. But it has to, we have to uproot. We have to clear the space first. And the uprooting is the hardest part. And that's why, you know, when I see that kind of reaction, it's beautiful. It's so good because it means we're making progress. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because Didi came on first and we had, she told me her job situation. And then it's exactly what you said before you heard it. So, <laughs> so that's why uh, that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So we have, uh, that was right. meant to be. That was a meant to that be. Was that meant was to be, You've got this love. You're, you're way more resilient and strong than the stories are allowing you to believe. And you've got this one small promise. And if you have this beautiful community and you can just share in there the small promise of the day, like just hold yourself accountable and just meet that small promise. It can be so simple and easy. We can start so slow. Like you said, baby steps, baby steps. Okay. We had one other question in the chat. Um, Thank you. Thank you. How can we learn to identify when it's our intuition directing us or if it's an anxiety or past thought pattern? Such a good question. Such a good question. And like everything takes a little bit of time and practice, right? But I would actually love to do this exercise with everybody that's either watching the recording or listening. Could we do that? Yeah. Just a small practice. This is kind of a fun way to start to learn your intuition. So wherever you are, just take a moment. If you're driving, pause and come back to this or read we play it later, but just shut down your eyes with me and take a deep inhale, deep exhale. Just take three deep breaths wherever you are, maybe placing a hand on your heart. Just press pause on the world for just a moment. Like nobody would know if we were to disappear for just two minutes. Just give yourself this time. And I want you to start asking yourself some pretty obvious questions, right? And I want them to be definite yes or no questions. For example, I could say, my name is Alice. That is a definite no, right? My name is Brittley. That is a definite yes. And I want you to start to just notice this, this, the nuance, the very subtle shift in the body when you ask a definite no versus a definite yes. I'm going to give you a moment to do that asking yourself and seeing if you can just subtly tell the difference maybe the energy rises with that yes and falls with that no maybe you feel open to that yes and your body contracts with a no just start to play with that yeah and you can come back into the room but that's an exercise that you can do at any point of your day right before you go to sleep and you can feel you'll start to notice for me, a yes is like the energy rises, my heart opens, and a no is like a no contraction. She said, wow, yeah, I, I hope that's I hope that's helpful. That's a beautiful name. Is it Ashvini? Yes, it? it's Ashvini. Ashvini. Um, How did that feel for you, Ashvini? Tell me. Oh my gosh, like right away, 
I felt the energy change and just how I felt within myself. I've been really, really Mm. trying to, um, you know, learn, read my body and really trust my intuition. But sometimes I am really confused and I'm definitely going to be using that moving forward. Thank you so much. You're so welcome, love. And the more you practice that, the better you get, right? I started doing it with, when I started doing this practice, I did it with coffee. Do I want coffee? (laughs) The answer is always yes, right? But you start to ask yourself these little questions and all of a sudden you're so attuned and you can really, really feel the full body note. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the yeses are a little bit unclear because you're like, do I really want to? I can't, but you'll feel a no and then you'll know. And then in that moment, when you feel the no, the practice is to really honor that no. Mm -hmm. Even if it's advice, if it's something that feels comforting or easy, like really starting to say, I don't know, it's just a no, so I'm going to say no. Because that's the thing is our analytical mind always wants to justify and make sense, logistically attach reason to everything. But if you can start to listen to the intuition, let the feeling be the final answer, you'll really start to connect to that intuition. It'll become your driving force. And if you can operate from there, you are liberated and you're becoming enlightened. Love That's an amazing practice. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for that question. So what are some things that you found like that you, that you used the yes or no? Was that how you decided your moves? And- yeah, great question. Yeah, you know, I was in meditation and it was clear, it, Austin came up and my body resisted it immediately because my mind resisted it immediately. I was like, what, I just moved across the country. Absolutely not. I'm not going backwards. We're here now. No, 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 Right. So even me, I have to practice all the time because what was an intuitive yes in the body, the mind wanted to attack immediately. That doesn't make any sense. Why would we go back there? There's nothing for you there. We've already outgrown that. So I met that part. I met the mind. I, I became still, I didn't react in either direction. I got more curious. Well, tell me why, tell me why Austin, why would that be? And, and it's really important not to stay up in the mind because that's where we live. We want to make sense. We want to justify, we want to attach reason, but my intuition for some reason was rising in yes to coming back to Austin. And so I started to move in that direction bravely and boldly because I didn't want to. So what did I do? I, you know, I, I planned a trip intentionally to come visit Austin. I wanted to get into the energy. I wanted to see how it felt. I came to Austin about 10 doors opened for me the second that I landed. And I said, okay, I'm not going to attach reason. I have no reason to move back to Austin right now. There's no job waiting for me. There's no boy waiting for me. There's no mansion waiting for me. But for some reason in my heart, and I have a very strong faith too, right? So I pray to God a lot. We have a beautiful relationship in my, I had a peace in my heart. I had a heartbreak for leaving Denver, but I had a peace in my heart for coming to Austin. And it's one of those really, really huge leaps of faith that I had to take because that's exactly what I did moving to Denver, right? I didn't know anybody yeah. in Denver. I had to sit wow. a, in a lot of contemplation about why. And I, even though I didn't have a logistical reason, now it makes so much sense in hindsight same goes for this, but I had to just take inspired action. I had to just take one foot in front of the other and start to be curious about why my intuition was calling me here. And what's amazing and beautiful is I don't know why it's calling me here yet, but I, but I trust it. And I'm not attached. I'm allowing room for spontaneity and magic because if I try to attach reason and logic and control, then it's not going to turn out as planned anyway. But when I just kind of sit in an open posture and try my best to really allow the universe to show me and take inspired action in places that feel really good and aligned, I always end up exactly where I'm supposed to be. Nice. Practice. (laughs) Keep practicing. Yeah, keep practicing. 
All right. Well, anything else you want to talk to us about before we get mm -hmm. all the information on where to find you and all that? Oh, what else would I love to talk about? You know, I would just say wherever you are in your healing journey, um, wherever you are currently in life, right? There's so many seasons of life. Don't rob yourself of this time. And, you know, I'm speaking to you, but I'm really speaking to me because it's, it's been, it's a lot to move and, and exit a relationship and throw your life up in the air and hope it lands. Don't rob yourself of the, the season that you're in right now. Chances are there is something that you've prayed for that you actually have right now today that you haven't taken the time to really, really celebrate. When we celebrate the dollar bill we find on the ground, the random check that comes in the mail, the beautiful interaction we had at the coffee shop, when we celebrate those things, we take ourselves out of scarcity, victim mindset, lacking into abundance, into love, right? Celebrate the small things, affirm the small things because that's what you'll see more of. That's what will come to you. The universe is like, oh, you're grateful. Oh, you're in gratitude. Oh, you're celebrating. Here's more and more and more and more and more. Don't allow yourself to get in this destination addiction where you're on this drive for the perfect body, for the perfect relationship, for the money, and allow yourself to be present in this moment. I say, you know, we're in a, we call ourselves in a destination addiction and then like this whole journey to get there. I'm like, let's flip that on its head. <laughs> the destination is right here, right now at 10.51 a.m., Central Standard Time on this group with you beautiful human. That's, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. This moment, there's nothing more important than this moment speaking to you and you listening and us being here together. Now the journey is this thing called life. The journey is never ending. The journey goes on forever. The destination is here and now it makes for a better journey. I'm not on this big journey to create impact. I'm not going to wait until I'm a millionaire to get there. I'm here with you today. And this is the best place I can be. And this is where I can meet myself, love myself, honor myself. And the journey is what I'm after. The journey to make for a better journey, right? So just allow yourself to show up as present as you can. When you bring presence to anything, it raises the calibration. So bring presence. Like, Didi, I hope, I hope this is okay to say, bring presence to when you're sitting down having a meal. Bring presence to... When you're drinking water, feel it on your mouth, taste it in your mouth. You know, don't contemplate it and criticize, but just be like, allow yourself to really be with the moment. And I think that you'll start to, you'll start to see the pacing slow down and you'll start to attune to the universe a little more and things will start to come. It will start to make a lot more, a lot more sense and bring a lot more ease. Yeah. All right, now we all have goosebumps, so that's good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right, so where can people find you online yeah. and, and find more about your courses? Yeah, I show up a lot on Instagram. It's at Britley Ann, B R I T L E Y A N N. My website is divine your life, one word, dot co, C O. And um, you can find my eight-week program on there. I Like I said, it's 50% off for this beta launch. So it will never be. Yeah, I'll type it in the chat, DD, absolutely. And I'm sure Maggie will share. Um, it's 50% off. So it is the beta launch. I'm really excited. I'm taking eight, or excuse me, I'm taking 10 people. There are eight spots left. So check that out if you're interested. It's going to be a really, really beautiful and intimate space. You're going to get a lot of value, a lot more value than the price. For this first one and um, I want to bring in people that are really really ready really really ready to change to feel different to transform to feel different on a cellular level when you leave the eight weeks the goal is that you that you feel different right you don't just think different you feel different 
um, my podcast is Divine Your Life. You can listen to that. And my DMs are always open. My mailbox is always open. I'm open. I want to hear from you. I want to interact with you. I want to support you. I want to hear what your challenges are, what you desire. I want to hold visions for you that you can't hold for yourself. And um, this is such a collaborative space. So you pouring into me allows me to pour into you and, and don't allow yourself to get in this, this thought that, you know, I don't have time for you and I don't want to support you and I'm busy. Allow yourself to show up. I am the one safe space that you get to show up as you, raw, authentic, real. Um, and I love to be that for people. So bring me your questions, your, what I can be praying for you, questions about the course, anything. Thank you so much. Um, I'm really glad. So make sure you follow Britley on Instagram at Britley Ann or on our website, divineyourlife.co for more of our wisdom. Thanks again for listening to the Off of the Couch podcast. Take a small step. See you next week.